Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We're live. Go. This is Graham Brown. This is Pitch Tech Asia. We're on a tour of the Asian startup ecosystem. We're out there finding out who is building the startup ecosystem. So we're talking to accelerators, VC funds, government programs, and today, co-working spaces. We are in one of the top co-working spaces in Asia, as named by Forbes, the working capital here in Chinatown, Singapore. And we're joined by the co-founder and chief culture officer, Saranta Gatti. Saranta, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here. Happy to be here. So let's talk about this space first, how this happened. Because we were just talking off air. It used to be a biscuit factory. It's a bit of heritage there. Maybe you can talk about the story of what this was before you moved in and redeveloped this. Yeah, so originally it is um, a biscuit factory from the 1920s. Um, And what we're sitting in now is about five amalgamated shop houses. Mm. But originally they were probably just side by side. Mm. Um, And I mean, over time, I guess various tenants came in. More recently, just before we were in here, um, it was full of, um, I guess, insurance workers. (laughs) Um, And, you know, full probably about 300 people in Mm -hmm. here. Um, Quite traditional style office. Uh, We came in and kind of saw the beauty of the space and what was under some of, um, you know, the false ceilings and mm. whatnot and kind of ripped it apart and and found even more beauty there. So we decided to um, to really pay homage to it and, and um, kind of retain the original structure mm-hmm. um, and the open concept as well. So, um, so where did that conversation start when you saw the space? You're already looking for a space for a co-working space here in Singapore. Tell us a little bit about before you found that place. Why did you want to build a co-working space and how did you want to do it differently? Because we work has free beer. So how do you compete with, you know, the eight hundred pound gorilla that's we work? You've got to be a little bit different. So tell us about the sort of the journey mm-hmm. running up to building the working capital. Yeah, so I mean to be honest, we did not plan on opening a co-working space. Um, it, um, I would say the property probably came first. Mm. Um, it's a site that my brother, um, who comes from a real estate background, had his um, eye on for quite a while, more because of the neighborhood itself. So the changing landscape of uh, Kyongsiak, of this kind of Chinatown, Tanjong Pagar neighborhood, um, which was which was originally you know a bit more of a red light district, mm. um, but over the last I would say ten years, you've probably seen a change in that. Um, you know, more F and B industries coming in. But interestingly, what was around here for quite a while is are a lot of your creative industries mm. and creative agencies. You often find that in the red light districts of cities because it's the cheaper area, or maybe you know you have more bandwidth to be a bit more creative yeah yeah and it's you know there's a bit more charm here um there's a lot of uh heritage buildings conservation and that's also what um my brother's other company the bamboo group focuses on Mm -hmm. um so more of your conservation mixed use developments um this is also i mean it's what 10-15 minutes walk to the cbd so you're just on the fringe um so yeah it was 
essentially having our eye on here um, to start off with. Um, a lot of negotiation, probably a year of negotiations with the landlord. Um, and then we got it. And But how, how did that flip into a co-working space? Because your brother was looking at it as a real estate play, he could have got a client in here. And, you know, that could have been another insurance company or an agency, for example. How did the conversation turn into co-working spaces? So we wanted to, um, I guess it stems from wanting to bring a bit of, well, knowing that through, okay, sorry, let me start again. I guess no. it stems from, you know, really using uh real estate as a vehicle for change mm. like we believe um you know a beautiful property um and doing something purposeful and meaningful to it can have an effect on the neighborhood and the people that engage with it mm. um so we had this opportunity with this building um and it was about you know seeing that change in the neighborhood um real trying to come up with what we could uh, bring to it to add value, mm. essentially, to the people that were already here, um, also to the landlord and to ourselves as kind of business owners. Right. So did you go in with any particular demands on the kind of companies that you wanted to come into the co-working space? Was it just you thought maybe the area would naturally balance that out you get the creative people so did you have a thesis in that um i mean we had a belief from our previous experience more in the mixed use developments mm. that um we knew straight away it wasn't going to be a, pure, a purely commercial building um so in that sense we bring in um the fmb concepts mm. on the ground floor um we curate that um and that adds you know that's kind of the um I'd say, in a way, a bit of the barrier of entry, right, with the public and within the building. Mm. So what are those F&B concepts? So the F&B concepts, we have uh, restaurants on the ground floor. Right. So you have um, Neon Pigeon, for example, a bar, you know, Don Ho. Um, and they really, you know, they have also, it was about kind of riding that tide of the neighborhood change, um, but also the types of partners that we wanted within our space. Um, and then on the second and third floors is where you see more of the office spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and for that, our belief was, I mean, to be honest, we wanted to create a place where people could do their best work, where we wanted to work. Mm. You know, as entrepreneurs, it was somewhere where you could do your work, but you could pop down for a bite or a drink. You could join maybe a yoga class that's happening in the afternoon. It's about kind of creating that flexibility through your day. Um, but also designing the space to enable those activities and those connections to happen. Mm. And those retail concepts, the F&B concepts on the ground floor, are they, I mean, I don't know the names of the, the, the stores that you have here. They're not chains. Are they sort of local startup type concepts as well? Yeah, they're a bit more, I'd say, boutique. They're not chains. Um, they're boutique, some local concepts, some have other concepts regionally, um, but they're quite unique. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's also about, I guess, supporting that industry as well. Yeah. 
And the startups that we have or the, the companies that we have here on the other levels, can we tell a little bit about the kind of companies that are in here? Um, so also quite diverse, um, both across industries as well as the size mm. and stage of the businesses. Um, so one of our beliefs was also to create, um, at least in the workplace, to um, democratize the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that means kind of putting, um, you know, whether it's a large MNC or a unicorn on the same playing field as maybe a solopreneur or someone who's starting up their business. Do you have a unicorn here? We do. Yeah, who are they? Um, Stripe. Okay. Yeah, the, so the payment company. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're next door to a small startup or a small... Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And the idea is that, um, you know, through, even just through meeting someone at the pantry, but mm. through a or through a networking event or other opportunities, you can create connections between... Um, startups at different stages of their business. How, how do you facilitate that? This is the ongoing challenge that I find with co-working spaces and even sort of the more corporate internal spaces where they have, for example, a bridge between the corporate and the startup world where they invite the startups in. It seems that that sort of democratization of the workplace is very much mechanical in the sense that it's about how it plays out on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, for example, the layout or... You know, if you, if you had water coolers at every level, people would sort of gather around their own and not sort of have those kind of random conversations that you find where you maybe you've got like the head of product at Stripe having a chat with a small startup over a coffee, just random, but trying to create that, trying to create those opportunities to happen rather than forcing people together. How do you do that here? Because I think this is the real, the real art of co-working spaces. Everybody talks about community. And granted, they've all got yoga classes and they've all got their sort of, you know, the freebies and so on. But everybody comes here for community and it's beyond those sort of like more structured interactions. What do you do here? How do you make that happen? Maybe there isn't an answer. It's just like get good people together. But I'm very curious about how that actually works. Um, I mean, I think for us, we... I think we pride ourselves, but we also, you know, it's a lot of the feedback from our members is it is a lot about our team, right? It's about um, our team knowing who our members are, mm. what their business is about, and what their needs are to grow, um, whether it's on a professional or personal basis as well. Um, and then it's for us to make those connections, right? Make those introductions, but also create um, events or... Yeah. Um, opportunities for these people to meet. Um, at the same time, and I mean, it's something we've um, probably pushed a bit more recently is um, getting our members to take more ownership of the space mm. um, and come forward with their own initiatives, um, with how they believe they can use the power of this community to drive their own initiatives. Whether, again, whether it's something for their business or something that, um, you know, they have a cause that they want to stand behind. And, you know, my belief is we have 500 people here. If you want to test an idea or if you want to um, drive something forward, then we're the ones that are going to bring them to you, you know, mm. and that's really our role um, as the community hosts to to enable um, these connections and these initiatives to, mm. to come to life. So that part about members taking ownership of the space, it's a great idea. How does that happen in practice? Um, 
Well, first you tell them that they right. can. They get the green light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they okay. get the green light. Um, but which also is not, I guess it's something you could probably assume, but it's also, um, it's taken, you know, it's taken some time, I mm. guess, or some familiarization or just confidence as well that they, they can do that. Um, and then it's, it is about um, us, I guess, formalizing or building it with them, right? So whether it's an event they want to do or whether yeah. it's um, an initiative or a product that they need to test, it's about then putting the, um, the parameters and you know, the playbook together, mm. I guess, and, and really working on it together. Um, Do you yeah. have examples of that where it's worked? Um, like, for example, where somebody came to you and said, let's do this event or let's test this product? We do, actually. We do have, um, well, I guess this is more on a uh, kind of mentorship basis. So we mm. do have someone that, um, you know, also wanted to put himself out there as a mentor for the members hmm. um, and we've worked on that together and what that has become is a uh, mentorship series um, that brings members together um, once a month or even more frequently um, to discuss topics that they bring forward um, but also to provide a platform to bring in other specialists in their fields based on the needs of members and where they need support or, or advice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they, this, this mentor came to you and said, I want to do this. You said, okay, here's the space, here's the time, you make it happen. Essentially, yeah. And we help with putting that together, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's through the communication, the marketing, the space, um, identifying the members that could benefit from, from this program. Mm. Um, one more recently now, a member has kind of um, suggested that they want to do some product testing Right, and using the members as um, for kind of user surveys or just mm. to do some research. Um, so that's something we want to work with them on to put that mechanism in place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. How, um, how do you then, for example, with all of this in mind, compete with the WeWorks of this world where they, they have glamorous locations and they have big advertising budgets and they say they do community and all of that and the free beer. So what really, I mean, is the, the key then to competing? I mean, this goes with all co-working spaces out there and there are many of different sizes. I know they're merging as well. So, you know, trying to stay competitive. What, what works for you in terms of why do people come through that door? Why did Stripe choose you? And not a we work, for example. What do you think are the key messages that work? Um, I guess in line with you know what I've mentioned, it is that um, you know we try and emphasize the value that we're bringing. Right? We might not have the um, the scale in terms of the multiple locations, hmm. um, but we do have a very uh, unique location here, um, and. You know, a lot of our members are here, you know, the, the kind of average term is about a year, right? So while co-working is known to be a very flexible model, and you definitely have that, um, people are still looking for a place that they can be a part of. Um, and so it's about building and enabling that value over time with them. 
So again, I think it's, um, you know, for us, it is very much about, uh, we put a lot of emphasis on our team, right? And um, our team engaging with the members um, and almost being an extension of some of their teams, which might be smaller, right? People are here also building their own company culture. Um, some are much smaller teams or even working on their own. And our team kind of allows, is a bit of an extension of that, right? And allows them to identify to something and build their own company culture around it. Right. So that team, what, what have you learned yourselves in the four years of doing this? You, you, what do you know now about co-working that you didn't know back in 2015? That's a big one. Um, uh, well, I mean, in terms of... I mean, our team specifically has changed a lot over the last few years, um, also in line with the strategy uh, with the business strategy. Um, I mean, ultimately, I would say the most important is that our team is engaged with the members. Um, so we do put a lot of emphasis on service. Mm. Um, you, weren't, you weren't at the beginning? Or is that sort of more of a focus now? We were. No, we, we always were. And I guess for mm. us, you know, we're probably not the most... Um, I would say tech advanced space, right? We still believe in that human touch. Um, and that's something we'll always, we'll always maintain. Mm. Um, but also, you know, making sure that we have enough people to, um, to connect with our members, right? To understand their business and kind of go a bit beyond just um, the office mm. components, right? Um, I guess for us, it's also been, you know, our strategy when we were going for scale um, or multiple locations, um, we started building out a bit of a, you know, C-suite, right? And kind of thought, okay, we need a chief marketing person, we need mm. a chief. Um, and I guess that created a bit of a layer, um, especially between uh, my brother and I as founders to... Um, what was actually happening on the ground. Hmm. Um, and I think that was probably a bit too... We weren't necessarily ready for that stage. Um, and now that we've kind of reassessed things, um, you know, we've built a leadership team that is very, um, let's say, very connected or, um, you know, very motivated and kind of has the... Hmm has the ability to grow with us and is in line with the growth of the business. Okay. So you started out and you said you wanted to scale. So how many locations are you now? Is it just one here? We have one here. So it's it's one location on Kyongsiak mm. with um, four properties. Right. So building okay, so there's it one a location. bit of a campus. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things in the co-working space, you know, like long term, the challenge is, is staying competitive when you have these big players in the market. And we've seen, for example, like Collision 8 and Found merge recently. And obviously WeWork took over, I can't remember their name, but whoever it was here, took over their operations. You know, how do you stay competitive? Because it's sort of, you know, you're more like a boutique co-working space, which is great. And, you know, the challenge then is, you know, like any kind of boutique restaurant, for example, having those regular customers that keep coming back and supporting what you do, they believe in what you do. Um, what, are you, what are your sort of plans long term for what you're doing here? Because, I mean, 500 people, 
It's a big operation, right? You know, how, how will you sort of survive and thrive even in the co-working space sector here in Singapore long term? Um, I think it's about going deeper into our offering. So not necessarily, um, you know, scaling in terms of locations, but mm. scaling in terms of the services that we can provide. Um, so whether that's, um, you know, through professional services, um, through, um, you know, whether, for example, you know, HR or um, accounting services, mm. Um, or through just providing day-to-day -day support to members as well. So these are sort of avenues that we're looking into, um, as well as uh, partnerships. You know, I think partnerships is definitely a way that um, we can, I guess, extend our influence without really having to, to scale physically, mm -hmm. um, whether that's through reciprocal partnerships or, um, you know, now as well co-working is um is could be adopted in different forms right whether it's through uh members clubs whether it's through um uh co-living spaces that have their own co-working element um so it's really about you know i think what we're interested in is aligning with different businesses that um have the same values and interest as us and then seeing where there's potential partnerships there um, as well as more strategic partnerships that kind of tie into the additional services that we can provide for our members excellent so if somebody was interested in talking to you a potential partner um, how would they best be suited to contact you what's the sort of the best channel to contact you what are you most receptive to linkedin email what um yeah linkedin Works. email yes excellent yes to reach out to you so i mean just to help people interface with what you're doing here what kind of conversations are you looking for what kind of people do you want to reach out what kind of you know sectors or backgrounds do you want to hear from i mean i think definitely in terms of um other co-working operators you know i think um partner especially regionally mm. um you know partnering with operators and um establishing that relationship for our members to benefit and theirs equally by coming here um as well as um services i would say we're still exploring um hr hr corpsec corp um yeah, those are though. I mean, those are things where, um, you know, there's the potential to do those, some of those in-house mm. as well. Um, but uh, I think what we're also very interested in is in content, right? And whether it's um, people that want to share knowledge or speakers or, um, mm. you know, there's a lot of topics. There's a lot of conversation here about talent development, um, about team building. Um, about growing regionally. Um, so we're always looking for, for kind of contributors in that space as well. Excellent. You heard it here. So any of the above, reach out to Saranta Gatti, co-founder of The Working Capital. Saranta, so much um, thank you for sharing your, your journey on The Working Capital today and your, the background and your vision for what this could become. Um, reach out to Saranta on LinkedIn. 
Um, we're signing off. This is Graham Brown from the Pitch Deck Asia tour of the startup ecosystem of Asia. Saranta, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.